fifth, chapter two of Ben Hur by Lou Wallace. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter two. About the time the couriers departed from Masala's door with the dispatches, it being yet the early morning hour, Ben Hur entered Ilderine's tent. He had taken a plunge into the lake and had breakfasted and appeared now in an under-tunic, sleeveless, and with skirt scarcely reaching to the knee. The sheik saluted him from the divan. "'I give thee peace, son of Arius,' he said, with admiration, for in truth he had never seen a more perfect illustration of glowing, powerful, confident manhood. "'I give thee peace and good will. The horses are ready. I am ready. And thou?' "'The peace thou givest me, good sheik, I give thee in return.' I thank thee for so much good will. I am ready. Ilderine clapped his hands. I will have the horses brought. Be seated. Are they yoked? No. Then suffer me to serve myself, said Ben-Hur. It is needful that I make the acquaintance of thy Arabs. I must know them by name, O Sheik, that I may speak to them singly. Nor less must I know their temper, for they are like men. If bold, the better of scolding. If timid, the better of praise and flattery. Let the servants bring me the harness. And the chariot? asked the sheik. I will let the chariot alone today. In its place, let them bring me a fifth horse. If thou hast it, he should be bare-backed and fleet as the others. Ilderim's wonder was aroused, and he summoned a servant immediately. Bid them bring the harness for the four, the harness for the four, and the bridle for Sirius. Elderim then arose. Sirius is my love, and I am his, O son of Arius. We have been comrades for twenty years. In tent, in battle, in all stages of the desert, we have been comrades. I will show him to you. Going to the division curtain, he held it, while Ben-Hur passed under. The horses came to him in a body, one with a small head, luminous eyes, neck like the segment of a bended bow, and mighty chest, curtained thickly by a profusion of mane soft and wavy as a damsel's locks, nickered low and gladly at sight of him. "'Good horse,' said the sheik, patting the dark-brown cheek. "'Good horse, good morning.' Turning to Ben-Hur, he added, "'This is Sirius, father of the four here. Mira, the mother, awaits our return, being too precious to be hazarded in a region where there is a stronger hand than mine. And much I doubt,' he laughed as he spoke, <laughs> Much I doubt, O son of Arius, if the tribe could endure her absence. She is their glory. They worship her. Did she gallop over them, they would laugh. Ten thousand horsemen, sons of the desert, will ask today, Have you heard of Mira? And to the answer, She is well. They will say, God is good. Blessed be God. Myra, Sirius, names of stars, are they not, O Sheik? asked Ben-Hur going to each of the four, and to the sire, offering his hand. "'And why not?' replied Elderim. "'Wert thou ever abroad on the desert at night?' "'No.' "'Then thou canst not know how much we Arabs depend upon the stars. We borrow their names in gratitude, and give them in love. My fathers all had their miras, as I have mine, and these children are stars no less. There, see thou, is Rigol, and there Antares.' That one is Atar, and he whom thou goest to now is Alderbaran, the youngest of the brood, but none the worse of that, no, not he. 
Against the wind he will carry thee, till it roar in thy ears like a kaaba. And he will go where thou sayest, son of Arius. I, by the glory of Solomon, he will take thee to the lion's jaws, if thou darest so much. The harness was brought. With his own hands Ben-Hur equipped the horses. With his own hands he led them out of the tent, and there attached the reins. Bring me Sirius, he said. An Arab could not have better sprung to seat on the courser's back. And now the reins. They were given him and carefully separated. Good sheik, he said. I am ready. Let a guide go before me to the field, and send some of thy men with water. There was no trouble at starting. The horses were not afraid. Already there seemed a tacit understanding between them and the new driver, who had performed his part calmly and with the confidence which always begets confidence. The order of going was precisely that of driving, except that Ben-Hur sat upon Sirius instead of standing in the chariot. Elderim's spirit arose. He combed his beard and smiled with satisfaction as he muttered, He is not a Roman, no, by the splendor of God. He followed on foot the entire tenantry of the Doar, men, women, and children, pouring after him, participants all in his solicitude, if not in his confidence. The field, when reached, proved ample and well fitted for the training, which Ben-Hur began immediately by driving the four at first slowly, and in perpendicular lines, and then in wide circles. Advancing a step in the course, he put them next into a trot, again progressing. He pushed into a gallop, at length he contracted the circles, and yet later drove eccentrically here and there, right, left, forward, and without a break. An hour was thus occupied. Slowing the gate to a walk, he drove up to Elderim. The work is done. Nothing now but practice, he said. I give you joy, Sheik Elderim, that you have such servants as these. See, he continued, dismounting and going to the horses. See, the gloss of their red coats is without spot. They breathe lightly as when I began. I give thee great joy, and it will go hard if... He turned his flashing eyes upon the old man's face. If we have not the victory and are... He stopped, colored, bowed. At the sheik's side he observed, for the first time, Balthazar leaning upon his staff, and two women closely veiled. At one of the latter he looked a second time, saying to himself with a flutter about his heart, "'Tis she, tis the Egyptian!' Elderim picked up his broken sentence. "'The victory and our revenge!' Then he said aloud, "'I am not afraid, I am glad. Son of Arius, thou art the man!' Be the end like the beginning, and thou shalt see of what stuff is the lining of the hand of an Arab who is able to give. I thank thee, good sheik, Ben-Hur returned modestly. Let the servants bring drink for the horses. With his own hands he gave the water. Remounting Sirius, he renewed the training, going as before from walk to trot, from trot to gallop. Finally he pushed the steady racers into the run, gradually quickening it to full speed. The performance then became exciting, and there were applause for the dainty handling of the reins, and admiration for the four, which were the same, whether they flew forward or wheeled in varying curvature. In their action there were unity, power, grace, pleasure, all without effort or sign of labor. The admiration was unmixed with pity or reproach, which would have been as well bestowed upon swallows in their evening flight. In the midst of the exercises and the attention they received from all the bystanders, Malik came upon the ground, seeking the sheik. "'I have a message for you, O sheik,' he said, availing himself of a moment he supposed favorable for the speech. "'A message from Simonides, the merchant.' "'Simonides!' ejaculated the Arab. 
Ah, tis well. May Abaddon take all his enemies. He bade me give thee first the holy peace of God, Malik continued, and then this dispatch, with prayer that thou read it the instant of receipt. Elderim, standing in his place, broke the sealing of the package delivered to him, and, from a wrapping of fine linen, took two letters, which he proceeded to read. Number one. Simonides to Sheikh Ilderim, O friend, assure thyself first of a place in my inner heart, then there is in thy dower a youth of fair presence calling himself the son of Arius, and such he is by adoption. He is very dear to me. He hath a wonderful history which I will tell thee. Come thou to-day or to-morrow that I may tell thee the history and have thy counsel. Meantime, favor all his requests, uh, so they be not against honor. Should there be a need of reparation, I am bound to thee for it. That I have interest in this youth, keep thou private. Remember me to thy other guest, he, his daughter, thyself, and all who thou mayest choose to be of thy company, must depend upon me at the circus the day of the games. I have seats already engaged. To thee and all thine, Peace. What should I be, O my friend, but thy friend? Simonides. Number two. Simonides to Sheikh Ilderim. O friend, out of the abundance of my experience I send you a word. There is a sign which all persons not Romans, and who have monies or goods subject to despoilment, accept as warning. That is, the arrival at the seat of power of some high Roman official charged with authority. Today comes the council Maxentius. Be thou warned. Another word of advice. A conspiracy to be of effect against thee, O friend, must include the Herods as parties. Thou hast great properties in their dominions. Wherefore keep thou watch. Send this morning to thy trusty keepers of the roads leading south from Antioch, and bid them search every courier going and coming. And if they find private dispatches relating to thee or thine affairs, thou shouldst see them. You should have received this yesterday, though it is not too late if you act promptly. If couriers left Antioch this morning, your messengers know the byways and can get before them with your orders. Do not hesitate. Burn this after reading. O oh, my friend, my friend, Simonides. Ilderim read the letters a second time, and refolded them in the linen wrap, and put the package under his girdle. The exercises in the field continued but a little longer, in all about two hours. At their conclusion Ben-Hur brought the four to a walk, and drove to Ilderim. With leave, O Sheik, he said, I will return thy Arabs to the tent, and bring them out again this afternoon. Ilderim walked to him as he sat on Sirius, and said, I give them to you, son of Arius, to do with as you will until after the games. You have done with them in two hours what the Roman, made jackals gnaw his bones fleshless, could not in as many weeks. We will win, by the splendor of God. We will win. At the tent, Ben-Hur remained with the horses while they were being cared for. Then, after a plunge in the lake and a cup of Eric with the sheik, whose flow of spirits was royally exuberant, he dressed himself in his Jewish garb again, and walked with Malik on into the orchard. There was much conversation between the two, not all of it important. 
One part, however, must not be overlooked. Ben-Hur was speaking. I will give you, he said, an order for my property stored in the can this side the river by the Seleucian Bridge. Bring it to me today, if you can. And good Malak, if I do not overtask you. Malak protested heartily his willingness to be of service. Thank you, Malak, thank you, said Ben-Hur. I will take you at your word, remembering that we are brethren of the old tribe and that the enemy is a Roman. First, then, as you are a man of business, which I much fear Sheikh Ilderim is not. Arabs seldom are, said Malak gravely. Nay, I do not impeach their shrewdness, Malak. It is well, however, to look after them, to save all forfeit or hindrance in connection with the race. You had put me perfectly at rest by going to the office of the circus, and seeing that he has complied with every preliminary rule. And if you can get a copy of the rules, the service may be of great avail to me. I would like to know the colors I am to wear, and particularly the number of the crypt I am to occupy at the starting. If it be next, Massal's on the right or left, it is well. If not, and you can have it changed so as to bring me next to the Roman, do so. Have you good memory, Malik? It has failed me, but never, son of Arius, where the heart helped it as now. I will venture, then, to charge you with one for this service. I saw yesterday that Masala was proud of his chariot, as he might be, for the best of Caesars scarcely surpass it. Can you not make it display an excuse which will enable you to find if it be light or heavy? I would like to have its exact weight and measurements, and Malik, they fell in all else, bring me exactly the height his axle stands above the ground. You understand, Malik? I do not wish him to have any actual advantage of me. I do not care for his splendor. If I beat him, it will make his fall the harder, and my triumph the more complete. If there are advantages really important, I want them. I see, I see, said Malik. A line dropped from the center of the axle is what you want. Thou hast it, and be glad, Malik. It is the last of my commissions. Let us return to the door. At the door of the tent they found a servant replenishing the smoke-stained bottles of leban freshly made, and stopped to refresh themselves. Shortly afterwards Malik returned to the city. During their absence a messenger well-mounted had been dispatched with orders as suggested by Simonides. He was an Arab and carried nothing written. End of chapter 2